1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
3: The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on V-CIN. It's one of
4: those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on v Happy to be with you. It's a Monday morning. I'm Jeff Parles or Jeff Parlay. Whatever, whatever you want to call me today is good with me. Happy to be with you. Gil is well-earned vacation these next few weeks, so I'm here. You're in the chair for the next two weeks. Happy to be with you today, Wyatt. Tom Check is in my chair. Uh, good morning, Wyatt. Good got morning. Lo- we, we got a lot of fun today. Yeah, we got a lot y- of fun. You, lot know, of fun you started next off
5: the week so nice. You bought you bought us breakfast. I did. I bought I bought you and Kev bra- breakfast. Unfortunately, the people downstairs are going to be like, "Where's our breakfast?" So I will have
4: to buy Liz and Matt breakfast. Yes. Later in the week. Yes. That's what will end up happening. Yeah. They deserve it. It'll be a fair trade-off with that one. Why? Tom checks with me the next two days, and then uh, we'll get Brian Ortega later in the week as well. But for today, we begin our full-blown NFL previews here on the show. Guest-wise, John Jansen, Fox Sports, the gambler, is going to join us in a half hour. Of course, he covers the Eagles, but he knows the entire NFC East, so we'll get his thoughts on the historically underachieving division. I think that's fair to say about the NFC East. And then Home Run Derby tonight, the only thing on the sports schedule, essentially, with the Summer League gone. Uh, congratulations, Portland Trailblazers and Portland Trailblazers, futures backers in the Summer League. And, of course, no, no soccer today. Uh, Jason Weingarden, as well uh, from New York, actually, today for Jason. He'll have a full breakdown. Remember, on Friday, he teased that he was going to have the, everything ready to go on Monday. So we'll have Jason's full breakdown of the Home Run Derby. And then Paul Sporer at the end of the show today. Plenty of baseball with him. First half is done. Home Run Derby, All-Star Game, everything from Spore at 11.45. I just want to get into the golf real quick because before we get to the Dallas Cowboys to kick off the show, Cam Smith with a 64 yesterday. Is that good? It's pretty good. 64 to come from behind. Rundown Rory McIlroy, hold off Cameron Young, and the Aussie wins his first major at 20-under, which is the best score ever in an Open Championship at the old course at St. Andrews. But what an impressive two rounds in this tournament for Cameron Smith. Of course, he had the 73 on Saturday after being the 36-hole leader, and Smith able to come from behind yesterday. Just, just absolutely ferocious on the back nine. A, a back nine 30 for Cam Smith to get it done and come from behind and and defeat Rory McIlroy, who, again, just couldn't make a putt yesterday. Rory McIlroy, every greener regulation yesterday, didn't matter, just couldn't make a putt, only two under, no bogeys, didn't matter for Rory. Comes up short yet again, and that major streak, a majorless streak, gonna head over to nine years now. Well, going back to 2014 in the PGA Championship, uh, at Valhalla, the last one that Rory, has happened to win. Cameron Young, missed opportunities for Cameron Young as well. A few missed short birdie putts, including one at uh, including one at 16, really the killer for Cameron Young. He eagled the 18th. The 72nd hole, just uh Cam Smith won better. So Cam Smith, your your champion. I know, uh, I know Wes Reynolds had Cam Smith earlier in the year at 30 to 1. Just grabbed those up. Good job for Wes. I know Kelly Bidlin on Primetime Action had him as a as a one and done, but uh no uh <laughs> no bet for Kelly, which uh, I guess we'll have to talk to Kelly about that tonight uh on uh on yeah, PTA he was, wide.
5: He was he was very upset. I was like, hey man, you made the one and done very interesting. He goes, Man, just wish i bet the guy. I was I like, know. you didn't bet him? You picked him in one you
4: saved him for one and done. But you didn't bet him, then bet it. There we go. Todd oh. with the homage to Todd Wishnev there. On that. All right, let's get let's get into these NFL previews. Here's how this is gonna be the next two weeks. Every division is going to get its day. Next Friday, we're gonna have the awards and really the all the season records, everything else will be out on next Friday. And then I guess this Friday, we're gonna do some player rankings. We'll have some fun with that. But today we get to start with the NFC East. Isn't that a lot of fun? We start with the perennial underachievers in the NFC East, and we'll begin with the defending. NFC East champions, the leading point scorers of the 2021 season, the Dallas Cowboys. We'll start there. Mike McCarthy, amazingly enough, has made it to year three as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, which is, uh, look, if there is going to be underachieving in Dallas this year, it is hard to see Mike McCarthy getting a year four. And underachieving could count as a lot of different things for this Dallas bunch. It could count as missing the playoffs, which would be the ultimate underachieve. It could count as making the playoffs, but bowing out in the first round, whether that is division championship or a wild card for Dallas, or it could be whatever Jerry Jones decides on the day after the Cowboys are done. It could be even two playoff wins would not be enough for the Dallas Cowboys. Here are the odds in the NFC East. We'll start there. Um, Dallas at plus 120, Philadelphia plus 185, Commanders at plus 650, or excuse me, Commanders at 5-1, to one, Giants at plus 650 on those odds in the NFC East for uh, this year. And then we look at Dallas themselves. The Cowboys win total at Ben MGM, 10.5. The make-miss playoffs, no shock here. They are a pretty reasonable favorite to make the playoffs yet again. You have to lay $3, minus 300 on the Dallas Cowboys. Plus 240 on the no, like we said, plus 120 to win the NFC East. 15 to 2, we'll go fractional there, plus 750 to win the NFC Championship, and then 16 to 1 to lift the Lombardi Trophy for the first time in nearly 30 years now. Crazy enough. Now, looking at what Dallas did this offseason. The biggest thing, of course, offensively speaking, Amari Cooper, now a Cleveland Brown. That was a move that they wanted to make because of the way that his salary was. It was really a salary dump more than anything. That is going to push the number one receiving pressure to CeeDee Lamb. Which CeeDee Lamb, look, CeeDee Lamb is coming off a year last year where Lamb was their best wide receiver. Played in 16 games. Of course, he had that uh, had the concussion that knocked him out of Thanksgiving against the Raiders on that short week. But C.D. Lamb last year, 79 receptions, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns for the second-year wide receiver. I expect him to take the big leap this year. Now, the betting odds also expect a leap from C.D. Lamb as well, which is not shocking. 1,175 and a half at Ben MGM on his player prop. Actually, those odds via the betting splits page at vcin.com. But I expect a bigger year for CD Lamb. And in turn, what that basically does for Dallas, where Michael Gallup is fully healthy again, James Washington is now their number three wide receiver, which we know James Washington was very inconsistent In Pittsburgh. He's very inconsistent. That's why he's a Dallas Cowboy now. They bring back. uh, They bring back Dalton Schultz. Which is good for everybody there. This franchise tag for the tight end. Which not much of a shock. I expect Schultz to be in the Pro Bowl realm yet again. Like he was a year ago. But looking at these props. And and you look at the way that these go here. Dak 4,350 and a half. Passing yards last year for reference, Dak four thousand four hundred forty nine. So he uh, went over over this by ninety nine and a half last year. Touchdown wise, thirty one and a half for Dak. He's at thirty seven last season. Interceptions, he had ten. Number makes sense at ten and a half. Now I will. I, it's very easy with the running backs here, and and this may seem like a cop out. Don't bet the running back props. Don't bet bet Elliott. Don't bet Pollard. Because of the way that the split could go. Elliott last year, when it was kind of feeling like they force fed him, Elliott had 237 carries for 1,002 yards last year. 130 carries for 719 for Tony Pollard. Elliott's rushing touchdowns last year, 10 in eight and a half. So far on on the numbers for this year. Pollard, three and a half this year on the rushing to- touchdown numbers, two a season ago. Remember, Tony Pollard at 39 catches for 337, Elliott at 47 for 287 a year ago. So if there's going to be a pass catcher and if those props come out on wide receiver, ca- or excuse me, running back catches, maybe go over on Pollard and don't touch Elliott. That would be the only thing I'd consider. CeeDee Lamb, like we said, 1,075 and a half. That is up from what it was a year ago, but no Amari Cooper. I would only play this over. It is a big number. You're asking for basically 1,200 yards from CeeDee Lamb, but I really expect a big year for Lamb as the true number one receiver with no one really questioning that this year. Trayvon Diggs, of course, the huge year last year, interceptions lies, led the NFL in picks, but also got toasted a lot. Uh, in the NFL season, four and a half, no play on digs. Uh, go ahead, Wyatt.
5: I, I, I was going to ask you about that one. I yeah, mean, traymond digs last year really had some, you know, had a good year, but got kind of the fortune of getting some, some lucky picks. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it got beat a lot. That'd be something I would bet the under on. You I would, go under. Okay. I would go under. Okay. I,
4: I wouldn't touch it because of the way that he plays. He's so boomer bust and they'll go after him. Defenses will go after him because of the struggles that he had. So I, this could be one of those where he gives up a lot of big plays, but he also makes a lot of big plays. I think that number is fair at four and a half. I don't I don't want anything to do with it. Micah Parsons, 10. There we go. We got the 10 and a quarter. I like that. Of course, you can land right on half a sack, obviously. So 10 and a quarter for, Mike, for Micah Parsons, over. I think Micah Parsons has a legitimate shot to win the defensive player of the year in the NFL. And if he's going to win the defensive player of the year, he's got to go way over. 10 and a quarter sacks. We'll continue a little bit of the conversation on Dallas. We'll look at their schedule. And then we'll look at the Philadelphia Eagles, a darling from the Sirianni syndicate a year ago, and a team that has been moved way up. Betters love them going into this 2022 season. More Cowboys and some Eagles coming up next, a numbers game on Visa.
3: live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit nflcom release to learn more.
0: Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A
5: numbers game with Gil Alexander on
3: VSEN, the
4: sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. It's BetMGM Sports. BetMGM MGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and plenty more. Download the BetMGM MGM app today, stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID, to open an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're gonna love BetMGM's MGM, state of the art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week as well. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble a responsibly. Gambling problem call one 800 522 4,700 south end of the strip, guys. Makes it easy. Go to anything south of Aria, you're in good shape. Makes it easy on that. If you're going to sign up for a BetMGM account here in Nevada. I'm Jeff Parles, or Jeff Parlay, in for Gil Alexander. Why, Tom Check is here as well. John Jansen's with us in 15 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles, but I want to wrap on the Cowboys first. Because... Their defense is the point of contention still. Because, of course, in McCarthy's first year there, it worst defense essentially in the last 15 years for a team that shouldn't have been a total disaster. They were just a disaster in 2020. And then just the simple addition of Parsons and actually going against the mold of what you would normally do with a guy like that and just say, you know what? You're faster than everyone else. Just go rush the passer. Just go do that. It was great. It was, it, was, it was a great job of strategy by Dan Quinn. Who, by the way, will probably have, be a head coach again after the season. Could very easily have the Dallas job if the Cowboys underachieve again. But I I am curious to see, and I, I think Parsons is going to have a giant year. I think he's going to have a legitimate shot to win the defensive player of the year after steamrolling the competition for defensive rookie last year. But you look at the rest of that defense. The big, lo- the biggest loss is Randy Gregory. I think you can get away with replacing him. How much does Demarcus Lawrence have left in the tank? I think he's got a whole lot. Dallas's defense, because their offense, even without, even with being down a weapon with Cooper gone, still question marks of how much Ezekiel Elliott has left. You're going to have a top five offense in the NFL. It's going. That's what it's going to be yet again. Dak is a legit top-ten quarterback. The offense will be fine. For Dallas to take the next step, the defense has to legitimately vault. And they vaulted a lot last year. But vaulting a lot when you're the worst defense in the NFL doesn't mean you're that high still. So a vault into a top-ten defense for Dallas would give them a legitimate chance to finally get over the hump here. The biggest problem, as we know, it's Mike McCarthy. Got the McCarthy tax, as you know, and you know that too, Mr. Packers fan back there. I,
5: I see. I'm in the minority. Oh, I, no, like no. coach Mike. <laughs> I enjoy coach Mike. He won a Super Bowl in Green Bay. Like, thank you. We we named a road after him. <laughs> That's all you asked for. You know, I, I, I like Mike McCarthy. I think he's got a lot of skill and talent and he did help Green Bay become a you know a perennial powerhouse. And he's kind of doing that with Dallas. So, here.
4: so, so here's the question though. And. This is rhetorical more than anything. Yeah, How much of that was Aaron Rodgers? How much of that was Mike McCarthy? And right. I would lean towards Rodgers still. And I think we're going to find out also, why. and I think you'll probably agree with me on this. We're going to find out how much of all this is Aaron Rodgers this year. With no Devontae Adams in Green Bay and we'll get the Packers tomorrow, we're going to really see what Aaron Rodgers fully is. Again, I still think he's the most talented quarterback I've ever watched. But it's going to be fascinating now with, again, a whole m- weird mess of wide receivers and no elite guy with Devontae. We'll get to the Packers tomorrow. I know you're going to be excited for that tomorrow here I'll on the show. I want to bring my cheese head for you. Oh, please. That would be great content to bring the cheese head, open the show with Wyatt wearing a cheese head tomorrow. Be exi- excited for that. Let's go to Philadelphia. With John Jansen in the next segment to uh to go through this, Jalen Hurts, is the X factor of X factors. Now, if you're listening at home and you're like, all right, thanks, Mr. Obvious. Thank you. You just told us exactly what we all already know. Well, here's the deal with, with Philadelphia. Let's look at their betting profile. Keep in mind, this win total was sub nine before the draft. It was eight and a half. Was juice to the over, but it was eight and a half. Since the draft, of course, they acquired A.J. Brown draft night, which what a phenomenal move by Philadelphia on that. Phenomenal. You basically are looking at now the Eagles being a dead-set favorite to make the playoffs at minus 160 as well. They're up from over $3 to now plus 190 to win the NFC East, to 12-1 to 1 to win the NFC title, 25-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now, As always with Philadelphia, it comes down to the play of number one. Because if Jalen, and the way the Eagles have built this, and I think Hallie Roseman deserves a lot of credit for how this is built now. If Jalen Hurts is not good, guess what? He's not the quarterback next year. And if he struggles early in the year, now I don't want to come off hot hot, hot take-wise here, but Carter Minshew is sitting behind him. Now, I'm not saying long term Gardner Minshew can win you more than maybe be about what they could be with Hurts. 10 win team, make the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game. But there are paths where if Hurts underachieves early in the year, the cries for Minshew are gonna get louder in Philadelphia, as you know. You know, you know that, you know that town is a sports town. <laughs> so I would not be shocked. If that conversation becomes loud, now I don't think that's the right move. I think you have to ride Hertz out this entire year. You know Minshew is not a quarterback long term. the The verdict is still out on Hertz. Now, I think Jalen Hurts has been overrated by some, and I think some have undervalued him too much. He is a guy that, on a week-to-week basis, is going to be very hard to prepare for because he has the the asset of his legs. And now you have two guys in at wide receiver where A.J. Brown is a legit top eight wide receiver. Devontae Smith could very easily turn into a legit top 12 guy. You could have two of the top 12 wide receivers on this team. There are no excuses for Jalen Hurts as a thrower anymore. This isn't like a situation in Baltimore, where we'll talk next week about it, where Lamar Jackson has legitimately Mark Andrews and nothing. There are two, one great wide receiver and one potentially great wide receiver in Philadelphia now. Oh, by the way, you have a pretty good tight end in Dallas Goddard, too. If Jalen Hurts underachieves this year, this is a new thing in Philadelphia in 2023. And I think they have the coach in play. I thought Sirianni exceeded my expectations a ton last year. Designed his offense to Hurts. They went on a run. They beat every team, basically, except... For the Giants the first time that they were supposed to this past season? I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. They were in the playoffs last year. As we look at the season-long props here for the players for Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts passing yards. Now, looking at last year's numbers, Hurts started 15 games for 3,144 yards. Missed two games because of injury. He also missed the jet game where Gardner Minshew looked like uh looked like prime Donovan McNabb throwing the ball. So that was a game where you could have seen Hertz's numbers get closer to that 3650 and a half. Passing touchdowns 22 and a half Hurts last year through six, 16. Interceptions he threw 10 through uh through 9 last year. His numbers 10 and a half. I think that 10 and a half is right. I would not bet that 10 and a half. I wouldn't bet any of his passing props, quite frankly. Rushing-wise, 725 and a half rushing yards. Last year, Jalen Hurts was the Philadelphia Eagles' leading rusher at 784. Now, keep in mind, Miles Sanders missed five games last year because of injury. So, I would anticipate those rushing numbers actually would come down a little bit for Hurts. There may be more big plays, but I have a feeling you're going to want to develop him more as a passer this year. So, I'd actually look to go under on 725 and a half on the rushing yards. Rushing touchdowns, eight and a half is right. Last year, he had 10. Wouldn't bet that at all. Miles Sanders rushing yards, if he is healthy, he's going over, over nine, a 900. He's going over 900. So, I would go over on Miles Sanders at 900 and a half. Rushing touchdowns, don't want it. A.J. Brown, 70 and a half receptions. I'm not touching. It his numbers, and I'm not touching Devontae Smith 62-and-a-half, I need to see what Jalen Hurts is. I'd be more inclined to take bloated numbers next year if Hurts proves to me this year that he is a legitimate thrower in this league. So I wouldn't touch the wide receivers. Now, if you made me bet one of the wide receivers to have a bigger year, I'd rather have the guy who has to get me less production, and I would take Smith. I would take Smith over. On receptions and over receiving yards. 62 and a half on receptions. 875 and a half on receiving yards. That's what I would do with Devontae Smith. I wouldn't touch A.J. Brown. We'll look at the Eagles a little bit more because we have Philadelphia Radio House coming up next. John Jansen hosts the line change on Fox Sports the Gambler in Philadelphia. We'll get his thoughts on the Eagles and the entire NFC East coming up next on a numbers game on v Sin the Sports Betting Network. summer special is here it has been here so please take advantage of it today for only 19 dollars you get everything visa has to offer from now through the end of july sign up today you'll get visa's daily best bets including adam burke's daily mlb best bets nfl preseason coverage hey there's some teams reporting to camp today it's getting closer guys premium articles on golf ufc and nascar if you want the full visa experience which features a daily best bet email Every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you wanted, costs just 19 American dollars. To be a subscriber through the end of July. That's July 31st. Sign up now, vison.com slash summer. Happy to be with you on a Monday morning. I'm Jeff Parles, Wyatt TomChek here as well. And now with us from Philadelphia, it's our guy John Jansen. Get him on the tweets at JJansen34. He hosts the line change that changes times on a daily basis. So you normally can get, if you tune in at seven, if you tune in at seven o'clock Eastern time, you will more than likely hear John Jansen at this point, seven and nine uh, most nights for our guy Do- John Jansen on Fox sports, the gambler in Philadelphia, John, it's good to see your face this morning. I'm happy you're awake at 1030 in the morning on the East coast to talk some Eagles and some NFC East. So John, you and I have kind of talked about this when I've been on your show and we kind of came to the same conclusion that I haven't said quite yet on this show. There's only one team that both of us would consider in the NFC East market. And it's the one that's pretty close to you.
6: Yeah, it's not Washington, right? It's it's Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia would be it. You know, I, I think they've improved the most out of any team in the offseason. They're the one that showed a significant improvement last year. And we were talking about, too, in the offseason. As soon as the offseason happened, the Eagles season was over. We both were saying that the Eagles were absolutely a candidate for some regression. But the problem is, like, what kind of – the wrench kind of thrown in our plans there is that they got – so many great players, veteran players. They got young players like Jordan Davis in the draft. They just did so well in filling out their roster and getting the most important positions like wide receiver, like cornerback. They even helped out linebacker, which they don't do often with Kazeer White. They had a tremendous off season and credit to Howie Roseman for that. So while I remain skeptical on maybe the head coach a little bit, certainly the quarterback has a lot to prove in terms of passing. Everything else improved more than any other team in the NFC East Washington. I don't know how much they really improved the quarterback, Dallas, they seem to have gotten worse in the off season. So really the only bet to me would end up being the Eagles, even though, yeah, they were, they were candidate for regression. It's just that they had an unbelievable off season.
4: Philadelphia definitely got better. Dallas, I think is pretty stagnant, even though again, stagnant for them, they could win 11 games again. That would be the one big concern. And then we'll get to the commanders and the giants later in the show for me. I have thoughts on what Washington did this off season. Not much of them. Not many of them are good. Let's just say that on the Washington Commanders. Uh, But you bring up, we haven't really talked about the defense yet. you bring up the defense, they get Kazeer White. They bring in Hassan Reddick as well, a high ceiling guy. Uh, They draft Jordan Davis, which I love the pick. There are very few, hey, I'm going to be in the middle of that defense and you are going to be unable to run against me, guys, anymore. But John, oh, and also James Bradbury, of course, comes over, uh, comes down I-95 from the Giants. This defense is vastly improved from what it was a year ago where they had their moments, but then like we saw in the playoff game, they were extraordinarily overmatched against a legitimate offense.
6: Yeah, they were having trouble against pretty much passers all season long. Any good passer, Justin Herbert uh, threw all over them. Derek Carr did Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady in the playoffs. So they had a lot of trouble with good passing offenses, but they ended up improving that their biggest issue last year. I think for me was just pass rush. They didn't have any of it. Now it's a lot of pressure for a Reddick to be the kind of pass rusher that he has been in Carolina. And also they're going to have to rely a little bit on Brandon Graham. who's coming back from a major injury. Mm-hmm. I don't know how effective he's going to be, but the defensive line, look, it should be Pretty good. They have, again, Jordan Davis, as you just mentioned. So inside there with Fletcher Cox, they do have a bit of a rotation so they can keep guys fresh. But really, it comes down to that pass rush because I love the secondary. Yes, safety is a little bit of a problem, but I don't know how big of an issue it's going to be when James Bradbury, Darius Lay, who is seemingly like maybe an underrated cornerback, even though he was left off the top 10 list. We all know he's great. He's one of the best cornerbacks. He just seems like he's never talked about in that discussion. And also, you have in the slot, Avante Maddox, who had an incredible season in the slot lot when he was coming in for nickel packages. So I think the Eagles' secondary is looking great. They should be improved from last year. I don't think they're going to get thrown all over like they did in the previous season, but still there is some concerns. The the main one for me is, are they able to actually get Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, and some of the others to actually pass rush? Because that was a big hole for them last season.
4: John Jansen with us right now here on a numbers game. Of course, Johnny uh, radio host of the line change on Fox sports, the gambler in Philadelphia, of course. And of course the, the usual backwards hat for John Jansen, as he always does <laughs> whenever he comes on the network Glassing here. up the joint, right? Yeah, yeah. As, as we know, uh, in the last segment when we were talking about Eagles, I said that it's going to be hard for me to get to getting close to betting any wide receiver props or if they're props on Dallas Goddard, too. I really can't get there because of just the question mark, and, and we haven't really mentioned Jalen Hurts that much in this segment. Jalen Hurts, the runner we know, is is elite for a quarterback. We know that. Jalen Hurts, the passer, there was basically one half last year against Denver. He played one half against the Broncos, and really that second half against the Chargers, he was great for equivalent to one game as a passer, for me, at least, John. Other than that, a lot of question marks. And because of that, John, even though you get a guy like A.J. Brown, who you would expect to go over 1,000 yards, and Devontae Smith in year two, where you're only asking him to get to about 900 it's hard for me to get there on any of these receiving problems because of the unknown and what Jalen hurts is still as a passer in this league.
6: Yeah. It's difficult because the Eagles also haven't had a thousand yard receiver in a long, yes, long that's time. Correct. If you look down the <laughs> list, I think, what was it? Maybe like Jerry Macklin or Deshaun Jackson, you know, one of those guys it's been, it's been a long time since they've been able to do that. So I think they can end up breaking that streak this year. It's just, you're right. Who are they going to throw to? If I were to put my money on anybody, it would be AJ Brown because he has that big body. I think the deep, Deep ball is definitely going to be a lot more successful with somebody like A.J. Brown because Jalen Hurts doesn't have the best deep ball, but he does go for it at times. And A.J. Brown with the big body and the big catch raise, radius, I think A.J. Brown is more of a candidate to go over 1,000 yards than Devontae Smith. But that's the thing. Where do where else do the Eagles go? I, you know, I don't think there's going to be much room in the passing game for, what, three big-time targets to get all of those targets, all those receptions, all those yards. It really does seem like it's going to be sucked up by one player, and I think that player is going to be A.J. Brown. Because, look, Jalen Hurts there should be skepticism with him as a passer. His passer rating has not been good. His completion percentage hasn't been great. Now you expect a natural progression because now the wide receivers are better than maybe they have been with the Eagles in a long time, but still he has to show, you know, actual improvement to be able to get those numbers up to a point where you can comfortably bet on either Devonte Smith or Dallas Goddard. But I would somewhat feel comfortable with AJ Brown just because he is, but I think he was helping Ryan Tannehill look like a much better quarterback than he has been and ever was. So I think AJ Brown, really does have a shot, I think, at a thousand yards, which obviously that's where the prop is, so it's hard to bet. But I think out of any wide receiver candidate, it'd likely be AJ Brown.
4: A thousand and twenty-five and a half is the number on AJ Brown right now. Devontae Smith's eight hundred and seventy-five and a half. Smith last year at nine hundred and sixteen, but was also their best pass catcher a year ago as a rookie. John looking at the rest of this division, This really does feel like it's going to be a two-headed race between Dallas and Philadelphia. But if I were to force you to say, all right, between Washington and the Giants, which one of these two teams is more likely to be in the race as we get into December?
6: That's a great question. Uh, I think I could say the Giants will look somewhat improved uh, because I do like Brian Dable. And I I think Daniel Jones will be out of there next year. And he won't show enough improvement, but I I am interested to see what Dable can do with Daniel Jones. And if it unlocks any of the potential, because Daniel Jones is a good runner. Daniel Jones does have a decent arm does have good size. Now his decision-making is always a big problem. Turnovers have been an issue for him throughout his career, but Ken Dable kind of unlocks some potential the way that he did with Josh Allen. To me, it would be Washington though, because they have the elite defense that wasn't there last year because of all the injuries, But we know that they have so much talent on the defensive side. There is talent on the offensive side as well. It's just that is Carson Wentz going to get in their way over and over again the way he did in Indianapolis. Indianapolis should have been in the playoffs last year, and he was significantly outplayed by Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence was at a disadvantage because in front of him was an offensive line that was terrible, not many great receivers. And Trevor Lawrence completely outplayed him. Carson Wentz, look, it seems like that was the last shot in Indianapolis. Can he kind of get things right in Washington? We'll see. But my answer to that is a big no. It's just the defense is so good that they are going to probably end up winning a lot of games despite Carson Wentz.
4: John, in 30 seconds, order of finish in the NFC East will be.
6: I'll go Eagles. I'll go Dallas. You know, I'll I'll end up going with all I said about Washington. I'll probably go Giants ahead of them just because, again, I am sort of interested what Dable can do with that Giants team, and I don't think they're that bad, what Joe Judge at least had them be, and then Washington I'd go last.
4: Well, I'll I'll reveal my uh, finishing positions later in the show. We're close. That's all I'll say, John. We're we're close (laughs) on that. All right, John, legitimately one-word answer here. Who wins the home run derby tonight? Pete Alonzo. Okay, John Jansen going with the short shot. I again, we'll have we're gonna have a full home run derby coming. I don't have a problem with that, John. I think there's two guys that can win this thing tonight. No, discuss that in a little bit. But he's John Jansen on the tweets at Jay Jansen three four. Fox Sports the gambler in Philadelphia. You get him on the line change. You can get him earlier in the day with Sean Brace as well throughout the week. John, pleasure as always, buddy. Thanks for hopping on this morning.
6: Thanks for having me, Jeff.
4: Of course, we're going to the Home Run Derby next. We'll be a three-peat per, for the Polar Bear. I'll tell you next. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: Attention, Ben MGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend Program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend Program to send your friend a message inviting them to register for a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and a wager wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. So share the excitement of BetMGM and get a free $50 bonus by visiting betmgm.com right now and you can visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions it must be 21 or older to place a wager all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued is non-withdrawable site credit site credit expires in 30 days gambling problem call 100 gambler this offer is not available in mississippi or nevada see we don't we don't get any of the fun stuff i was just
5: just about to ask you, you want to make 50 bucks but it was not offered in the Nevada. I know.
4: go. Um. By the way, are you okay back there? Yeah, I'm
5: great. You know. Uh, by the way, that 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 uh, McDonald's McMuffin you bought was the best I ever had. <laughs> Free food tastes so much better.
4: Man, there was no uh, there was no uh, payment made by me to Wyatt other than buying him breakfast this morning for yeah, that I, I, nice please, kind please. Uh, statement. You know. So I appreciate. I, I'm happy you enjoyed it. I'm happy Kevin enjoyed it. L- L- Liz and uh, and Matt downstairs.
5: Oh, they they were rioting downstairs. We'll, we'll, they were we'll, in my you. ear just we'll, we'll get you
4: later in the week. Don't worry about it. Uh, on that. All right. Home Run Derby. Let's go to the Home Run Derby. We'll take a little break from football. We'll get back to football a little bit later. But we'll, we'll, we'll take the next two segments because our guy Jason Weingardens on with us next segment. We'll look at the Home Run Derby here. Your field tonight, not much of a shock that Pete Alonzo's there, but he's the two seed tonight. But he is your betting favorite at Bet MGM. Kyle Schwarber, who is the one seed, is at plus 325. Juan Soto, who's the four seed, is six to one. Ronald Acuna, who is the seven seed and has to face Pete Alonso in the first round, is seven to one. Julio Rodriguez is in as the six and nine to one. Corey Seager, 10 to one. Jose Ramirez, 16 to one. And Albert Poulos, I need a lot more than 22 to one to even consider old Albert tonight in the Home Run Derby. Now, so... The way this is bracketed, you have. Well, you know, we could just show the bracket for you at home if you're watching us at Veasan.com. Kyle Schwarber will face Albert Pujols in the one v eight. The winner of that will play the four five winner, which is four seed Juan Soto and five seed Jose Ramirez. Three seeded Corey Seager will take on Julio Rodriguez, the six seed, and then Pete Alonso, the two will take on seven-seeded Ronald Acuna Jr. Now, very simple here with these matchups. And then you look at the individual matchups for the first round. is almost a $3 favorite against Pujols, depending on the book. Not bettable. I-, I would really be in a scenario where I would like to get a little bit less than that on Schwarber. <laughs> it just... Just hard to lay a price on that. The other prices at BetMGM for matchups, Juan Soto's at minus 190 right now at BetMGM against Jose Ramirez. That seems steep. That seems steep on Soto. And look, Juan Soto's in the news right now because of the Washington Nationals, someone from the Nationals front office leaking that Soto didn't want to take The $440 million they offered him, now it seems that he might even be on the trade block. I don't think he's going by August 2nd, but he may go in the offseason. We'll see. Jose Ramirez is is the best natural hitter in baseball that people seem to forget about. He is incredible. And he has a ton of power, too, even though you don't realize it. Plus 150 probably would be a buy point for Ramirez, but there are better prices in the market on that. Pete Alonso's minus 200 against Acuna Jr., who's plus 160. In the battle of good versus evil, Wyatt Dobjack. Depending on what side of the coin you this look is a, at.
5: this is a. This is I, We are. We are fierce rivals today. <laughs> well, Acuna we, being the we're, seventh we're, seed we're, and and being this low of a this is, is a
4: crime. We, we are. We are. We are. Uh, we are on the opposite sides of the coin on that. Of course, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a, a Mets partisan why a check is a Braves partisan. So I agree with that. I think it's ridiculous that a Alonzo is not the one seed after winning this thing back to back times, by the way, these are based off of current season, home run totals as of when the bracket was revealed on Wednesday. So that's why it's seated like this.
5: Oh, oh, I did not know. that. So then. there you go. Okay.
4: But it, it's a shame that quite frankly, the number one, and to me, the number one and number four choices in the betting markets here, where Alonzo's the rightful favorite and should be as short as he is, and Acuna probably is a little too short based off of what he's going to have to get by. It's a shame they're facing off in round one. But these guys faced off in 2019 in Cleveland, where Alonzo bested Acuna in the second. That
5: round. was that was a lot. That was fun. That's yes. I'm going to say yeah. out of out of this bracket that two versus seven matchup. It's that's most probably- intriguing. Yeah, that's that's the yep. most intriguing one. That that one's gonna be some fireworks because I remember in 2019, Acuna he was hitting a lot of his home runs opposite field too.
4: Yes, well remember it's a little bit. It, it, this is this is a uniform wall setup except for the deep corners at Dodger Stadium. Unlike in Cleveland, remember Cleveland's got the 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 faux green monster out in the left, and it's a, a little more straightforward to right center. That's why Acuna was bopping them the other way. Julio Rodriguez is the guy to look at for me if you're going to want to make a bet that isn't Alonzo. 9-1 to on Rodriguez. I wish I was getting about 12. But Julio Rodriguez's raw power makes him really good for this event. The only problem for Rodriguez is he's going to have to face Alonzo in all likelihood. Or if Acuna beats Alonzo, he's going to have to face Acuna. I would not be shocked if the winner of this event comes from that bottom right pod. That Alonzo-Acuna winner, whoever wins that Matchup wins this thing. The only thing that would concern me, though, remember, because it'd be strictly off-seating, Schwerber would have the hammer against anyone, as you remember. He would go second against anyone. So if Acuna had to face Schwerber in a final, I'd be a little concerned. And, of course, Acuna would go second against anyone in this field except for Albert. Or Excuse me, go first, I should say. Whoever he faces would have that de facto hammer of knowing what they have to hit. But Rodriguez, to me, if you're not betting Alonzo, which I think the best you can do, the best number I saw this morning is plus 185 on Alonzo. I still think that's pretty good. This is his event. He is built for this event. He cares about this event. He knows that this event has not ruined his swing in the second half like it has for some in in, in the past. I will have a bet on Pete Alonso in my part in my pocket by tonight, probably by the end of the show because the number will be too far gone by by tonight. But he, he, it's just one of those where I will be frustrated with myself if Pete Alonso wins this event and I don't have any bet on him. Now the problem with that is this isn't like the past Wyatt, where Alonso you could have got. I got him at eight to one in 2019, before that number crashed the day of the Derby. And I had, I want to say, plus 465 last year in 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 Colorado. You can, it's easier to build your card out with multiple people in that. You're sub $2 now. Sure, you still make a profit with betting two guys. But that chunk is really cut down in comparison to what it's been the last two derbies. So, I may end up with only Alonzo here. The left side of the bracket, Schwarber's too short because if Schwarber if, if Schwarber was let's say 4 to 1 4.50 plus 4.50 5 to 1 I would really look, look to bet Schwarber plus 325 like he is at, at BetMGM no way, too short. And Soto I don't want I don't think Soto's going to I don't think Soto's going to win this thing and then Jose Ramirez I don't think he's getting through three matchups. He can get to a final but I don't think he's getting through you, you three matchups.
5: You don't think Soto kind of is kind of be like, "You know, it's my showcase." It's, you know? it's
4: possible, but again, I if he has to go up against Alonzo with Alonzo having a hammer, Alonzo's going to beat him. Which, by the way, name the finalists at MGM. I wish I was getting more on, on those top two choices. That's what it comes down to. I think you're probably going to, even though I think Ramirez is worth a bet against Soto in the first round, I still think that Soto probably wins at just a number play on Ramirez. Those top two would be the ones I would want to bet, but I want more than that. Soto's going to be an underdog to Schwarber. So I would want a better price on Soto versus Alonzo. I think we get the top two seeds personally. I think we get Schwarber and Alonzo when it's all said and done. I think that's what we're getting. And if we don't get that, I think we're getting Acuna versus Schwarber.
5: Yeah, I was going to say, Jeff, uh, probably the the one that re- if you're really high on Acuna, it's that plus 900 Acuna versus Schwarber. I think that's yeah, that's that's the that's you, you, probably you, the nice uh, moneymaker for you.
4: Yeah, I look, I would be... And all at least final is the most logical thing here. In one fashion or another. I wouldn't hate taking 12-1 to on Acuna versus Soto if he really wanted to. Again though, Julio Rodriguez lurking there scares me. That kid has so much raw power. That kid is so good by the way. Runaway. Rookie of the year for Julio Rodriguez. Should be fun tonight at Dodger Stadium but we have more home run derby talk because the expert himself, Jason Weigart, joins us next. Here on a numbers game on Visa.